Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. What do I say every single time? How excited I am. But this is another story. And what I love about this story is we really dive into culturally what is expected. My guest on this episode is Cecilia Long. Cece, she hangs up on out on LinkedIn the most. You can find her there at Cecilia, L-E-U-N-G. Or you could also find her at her website, which is CC Long, um, which is again, L-E-U-N-G.com. Cece grew up in Hong Kong for the first 16 years of her life and then migrated over to Canada with her family, working class people, middle class. It is really cool to see where she climbed the corporate ladder, became really top of her game, but always had this side hustle on side because what was expected of her, but then what she wanted really didn't kind of come together until she grew as a person. You guys do not want to miss this. Again, Cece hangs out on LinkedIn the most. You can find her there or you can find her on her website. She is a author, podcast host, and has her own business. You don't want to miss this one. This episode is brought to you by Together Women Rise. Together Women Rise is dedicated to ensuring that every woman and girl has the opportunity to live freely, pursue her dreams, and reach her full potential. They are a powerful community of women and allies engaged in learning, giving, and community building. Please visit Together Women Rise at togetherwomenrise.org to learn more and to join them. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Hello, everyone. Welcome to your next stop. I say it every time, and I know I'm sure many of you are tired of hearing me say it, but I am so excited to bring you guys stories. Stories connect us, and this is another person that has followed a passion and turned it into a business. Welcome, Cece Lung. How are you? Good. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. Yes. And I know we met on LinkedIn. I always tell my guests where we met, right? And we Mm -hmm. met, I want to say, I feel like it's been like a year. Yes. It felt like a long time ago. Oh my God. Last year, ever since the travel uh, picked up and I've been like traveling for work and thank you for your patience. I'm so like, I have been looking forward to talk to you. So now it's like, oh my God, I'm finally here. (laughs) And I love what you got, what you're doing to have this platform to, you know, allow people to share their stories. Thank you. And I know, I know, I mean, I, and please don't even apologize. I know that you've been all of a sudden things picked up and that's what I'm excited to talk about to let the listeners listen where you have gone, you know, throughout your journey. So can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to university Mm -hmm. and go from there? Yeah. So I was, so currently I'm in New York city and I was born and raised in Hong Kong and I moved to Canada when I was 16 years old. So yes, I did go to college. I went to uh, university of Toronto and got my degree in business and economics, but I also got my CPA because I was told it would open up a lot of opportunities and it certainly did. And yeah, so I moved to New York when I was 25 and spent a bit over a decade uh, in corporate America all over the world. And and also worked for a startup. So eventually left and started my business a few years ago. And it really has been the best thing ever in my life. 
which is great. So I do want to take it back because this is what I love for my listeners to kind of get like a sense of who you are. So you, what, when did you, and I think you said it, but what age did you move from Hong Kong to Canada? 16. 16. And did you know English? Was it like, you know, how, how was that transition in your life? Yeah, we learned English as a second language. And, you know, like my dad was a teacher and my mom was a nurse. So I really grew up in a middle-class family at home, but I grew up with a rich in school because here's the funny part, right? Because my parents really gave us everything. So we were a middle-class family and they went out of their way to put me in a prestigious girls' school. So, you know, like, I mean, in hindsight, it, it was, it has been a struggle for me, but, you know, in terms of education, which, you know, when you think about Asian, that's really what they care about because that's going to be an opportunity for you to get to the next level. So we don't want to be middle class forever. And, you know, so yeah, so we did learn English. I love that. And and so, and I love how you painted the picture because I've had many guests on that talk about, you know, having Asian parents or they moved from, you know, immigrant parents moving to a different country. And that is education and giving their kids more than they have is, is always so prevalent. And, you know, I think that that speaks volumes of, what America is to some people and also other countries, you know, Canada, moving from uh, one place to another to better your life. Did you have siblings growing up or do you have siblings? Yeah, I have an older brother. He's in Hong Kong. He, so, he stay, so he moved back to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is my parents. So I'm kind of just by myself here. Wow. Okay. And so this is where I love to kind of get into the, the nitty gritty. So first of all, starting your own business, did you see that anywhere growing up? Was it something that, you know, you saw people being entrepreneurs? Was that in your life? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, no, that's such a good question. And people ask me about that, right? Because when they looked at me, they made all the assumptions. It's like, oh, maybe you've thought about it all along. No, actually, it's so funny. When I look at my life right now, it's completely different like than how I imagine myself to be, right? So if you think about our culture when I was growing up, and so there's actually like a success formula or success path that we followed. So basically, you know, you wanted to work really hard in school, get good grades, get into university, you know, work for like the top firms and later on for female. Uh, so we were expected, obviously, you know, to do it really well, uh, do really well in um at work, but at the same time, ultimately, we would get married. So then your role change, then you become mother and wife, then, you know, then be prepared. So have a backup career just so when that time comes, you can stay home, take care of the kids, take care of uh, your husband and also work. Uh, so at the time, I kind of have it all figured out. You know, I'm going to, okay, so if I get married, then I'm going to teach, you know, teach music, uh, tutor or coaching, like whatever, right? Um, so yeah, never... I. And we didn't think that was a business. We just think it's going to be like a side thing because the majority of our focus is supposed to be our kids and family. So, yeah. And so I love how you explained that. So that was a very cultural thing. And I, you know, and I think so many of us, you know, I mean, I grew up in America. Um, I always wanted to stay home with my children, even though it wasn't, um, you know, my mom was a teacher. She, when we were little, she did stay home with us, but it, I, I lived in New York city for many years. And it was at that time when I first was having kids where it was like, women can do it all. You can have this corporate business and you can have kids. And I remember just thinking, I don't think I want that. <laughs> I want to be able to focus. I'm so, I'm a very much of an all or nothing person. So I really wanted to focus on one thing and I'll, I'll never forget my sister 
who had her first son at the same time I did, but she lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. She was in corporate real estate. So she could go back to the office one day a week. I was working in advertising. I was working for an alternative advertising company that was stationed out of London. And so I was traveling all the time and I was traveling all over the United States with this company. And I remember her saying to me, you know, so you're really going to go back. And I'm like, you know, I feel like, I feel like I should. And I never really questioned myself. I was always pretty solid in who I was. But when, as we know, when, when you first have a child, it, things get a little wonky in your brain, <laughs> just to put, to put it nicely. So I remember her saying to me, what will make you the best wife and mother? And mm. without even pausing, I said, oh, staying home. And she goes, well, why are you even doing this to yourself? And I said, I don't know. So that's when I chose to stay home. And it was the best, best thing I could have ever done. And then, which was for my family, for me and my family, I had one of my very good friends that was like, you know what? I have to go back to the office to be the best mom and wife. Like she needed yeah. that. She wanted a nanny. She, you know, would rather have that. And and that's how it worked for her. And there's no judgment there. I think that's a lot of times as women, as mothers, there's a judgment, right? Oh, they should be doing this or they should be raising their kids this way. And I think if we all just respect each other and just say, okay, the person's doing the best they can, they can do that. So, um, and again, culturally, I love how you kind of added that. So you really did it as you started your own business to kind of prepare you for the next stage in your life. So how long were you, and you still, you still, you're, so I would love to continue that, but you're still, you're running your own business. Now, did you do both at the, at the same time as you started your business, you were still a CPA for a firm? Yeah, no. So basically it's so funny. Like, I feel like, you know, in our culture, we don't really, I know you talk a lot about like how people turn their passion into a business, right? Like so funny, like in our culture, we never really use those words like passion, right? Because what we're supposed to do is to be useful and productive member for society. So that's all we, right? Right. <laughs> that's all we know. But then, you know, you asked me that before and it got me thinking, like, what did I do like all through my career or even growing up? So I think a lot of things I did that I did really reflect my passion. But probably we just don't talk about it. But when you actually, when I actually start thinking about it, it's like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things that I really do it, but I do it on the side. So, you know, all my life, I only know, you know, to uh, make good money, take care of my family. And then, you know, when you're at work, you're supposed to climb the ladder, uh, be the best that you can. So that's all I knew. And I thought and I thought I did it pretty well, you know, all over the world, like through corporate America, big four kind of firm, right? So everybody from from the outside were very proud of me. But I just felt like, you know, at many points, I just felt like I remember when we were young, uh, people told us like how our life's supposed to be, uh, kind of right. like what I mentioned earlier. And I felt like, yeah, it, it was such a good life, right? That's what everybody should be striving for. But honestly, I was freaking out deep down. I was like, that's it? Like, you know, because again, we don't talk about like impact. That's all you are. Okay, family is nice. But what about impact other people, impact the world. Cause you know, after all, we only have one life. You kind of wanted to do more. But again, you know, maybe that was like when I was younger, I, I couldn't articulate it, but I just wasn't excited. <laughs> right. And so and and so I love that. Do you think again, and I want to take it back, like do you think that your mom was a nurse because that's what she was supposed to do, but she had that same sort of fire and drive that you did, or your dad or a grandparent or an aunt, uncle? Like did you, was it, again, you said you didn't talk about it, but sometimes, and I, 
I talk about this a lot on my podcast, and especially as it's developed, we all have memories, but we also have memories that are feelings. We have memories that are our thoughts, but we also have memories that are feelings. And mm. so sometimes you can be around someone and you, you'll remember not like the, like, especially when you're younger, not the details of the, in, in the encounter or the, you know, the situation, but you'll remember the feelings and whether it was good feelings or bad feelings, it is something to really be aware of because those sometimes are really what shapes us as we grow. So do you think that there was times where your, you know, your parents or someone you saw was emulating that, or you were getting a feeling from them when they were doing a side hustle or something that they were like gardening or, you know, uh, something like that. This is such an interesting question because like, I felt like my parents and also myself included, you know, living in Hong Kong, living in Asia, a lot, uh, a lot of our imagination dreams or whatever probably got suppressed, you know, because there's a certain expectation of what we're supposed to live, how we supposed to be. But it's funny because when you were asking about my parents, I was thinking, I'm pretty sure they were, you know, having all those dreams and wanted to do more, but they didn't. But so they didn't, but they gave like, you know, they gave us everything, me and my, me and my brother. So now we're able to, you know, be what they couldn't or, you know, couldn't be. Um, right. So I think that's probably it. <laughs> And I love that. And I love, and I, that's one of the, my favorite things on this podcast is really kind of going back and talking about that. Cause I love getting people thinking and people that are listening to this mm. episode are going to do the same thing. They're going to go back and be like, okay, let me think about this. So as you were, you, you know, you were traveling the world, starting your side hustle, take us through that journey a little bit, please. Yeah. So I think, you know, like I always felt like in corporate America to me, the work, I wouldn't say not challenging, but to me, I always think, you know, there's enough resources out there. It's always, you can always figure it out, right? It's not the most challenging. Mm -hmm. The most challenging part is really the corporate politics that you need to, you know, figure out like how to just manage people and all that. And I think, you know, after a while, it just got exhausting, but I do want to, so, so I, I need to de-stress and I love teaching. So on the side, like I still mentor a lot of kids, like maybe we'll talk a little bit more, uh, but I do like heavily involve in mentoring uh, immigrants and low-income families because I remember how hard it was for me when I first started. So often when you think about, like when you look at like immigrants or low-income families or kids, like a lot of times, you know, it's a language barrier or trying to adapt to a new countries or sometimes they just felt like, oh, you know, they couldn't become anyone because they're new in a new country, which, you know, all they need is someone to believe in them, give them some guidance, right? Which a lot of ones didn't have. And so, yeah, so I, I was, I felt like it was very fulfilling for me to do it on the side. So to do a lot of mentoring, eventually wrote a book. Um, and also like this financial education piece is so important for me as well, because I felt like, you know, a lot of people. So because many times I come across kids, you know, who parents lost their job and I was very tempted to just gave them the money or lend them the money. Right. And then my right. mom was like, no, like, like, first of all, how many times can you help them and how many can you help? You rather teach them how to think about money how to manage money, how money works for them, then, you know, it's good for life. And I was like, well, that, yeah, yes. So let's do that. So that's kind of like all the side hustle I've been doing. And eventually, you know, 
because I'm a CPA, so usually people come ask me about uh, like all these questions about making money, saving taxes, and all that. And then I think. So I've been doing it like the side hustle for for a decade. It was good for me to de-stress. I love those conversations. You know, I think it's making an impact to a lot of people. And, you know, like a couple years ago, uh, and I think people just kept on telling me, you should just start your own business. And then like, I just kind of like, eh, okay, yeah, whatever, right? Like, because side hustle is fun. You have a steady, you know, paycheck coming in. So I right. do whatever I want. But if it become a business is completely different. So I was freaking out. But people have been telling me, telling me for the longest time. And then you know how it is, right? So usually I remember like just one day I decided, yeah, I should really do this. But it's never that one day. You've been thinking about it for the longest time. So, yeah. No, I love that. And, you know, and I want to take back to one thing because I think you you uh-huh. hit the nail on the head on this thing is when you're in, when you were in corporate America, everyone was pretty talented at the level that you were at, right? I mean, everyone was like, okay, you know, they went to a good school, they had good training, they were at a really good level. And you said it was a lot of managing personalities. Mm-hmm. And I just watched a, uh, David Letterman actually has a talk show now where he interviews people. It's really great. If anyone hasn't seen it, and I don't know the channel that it's on, but he interviewed LeBron James. And what LeBron James said, they were talking about coaches, like who was your favorite coach or what do you think of coaches? And he said, being a coach in the NBA, a lot of it is managing personalities. We're all talented. We're all good. We all have drive. We all, you know, most of us have that worth ethic. I mean, most, you know, most all of them. And Mm. it's really managing the team that you have, their personalities is what it comes down to. Whoever can do that best, a lot Mm -hmm. of times has the best team. So when you said that, it really, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about it, but you're right. Everyone is at a very top level, but you could have the best guys all together, but they don't get along. And if you can't manage that, you're not going to have the best team. And it's the same in corporate America, especially at the level that you were at. It's if you do not manage those personalities and manage and find each person's strength and weakness and the weaknesses they have, have, have a strength there to balance it is mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. And I also think, you know, back in the days, it was more, uh, let, let's call it like corporate politics. Like, cause now I, I think, I don't think people are taught how to manage people or get along with people, connect with people. Uh, And so back then, and so everybody was kind of very insecure, even though everybody was pretty high up, but they still was insecure. So that's why all these corporate politics fights and oh my God. But nowadays, I think, right? But nowadays, (laughs) I think it's a bit better. Like we learn, like people actually put the emphasis on, you know, especially the, the whole DEI conversation, you know, how to really respect other people, like from different backgrounds and all that. So I think we're going to a better direction and even with corporate executive or even with people running their business, serving their clients and all that. Right. No, I totally agree. And I, again, love what, and I want my listeners to think about this because a lot of times it's, you know, people think, okay, I can have that side hustle. I can have my corporate job and I need to retire. So they put so much pressure on their side hustle and I, you know, whatever their passion or their, the things that they're creating that they actually truly love. Mm. And if you just take your time and let it grow and let it fester, which sounds like you did, you, you enjoyed it. As you said, it de-stressed you. It took you away from what you were doing and it's what you really loved. Your other thing was bringing you, you know, what was, was 
you know, the paycheck, but this was starting Mm -hmm. to become the paycheck and you were letting it build and build and build. So when you finally were like, okay, I'm making this into a business, give us a little bit of that. It was also very interesting. Oh my God, what a journey too. Because when I left corporate America, everyone or most people think or thought I was making a mistake. Like to right. this day, people still feel like, like, why would, why would you, like, it's so much harder, you know, being on my own or whatever. And I actually hear that from some of, uh, some of the people who started business themselves. And so I told them, well, you were at one point also just started out, right? We all went through that journey. Why would you say that? And yeah, this guy's ridiculous. He was like, well, but that's me. And I was like, well, that's me too. You know, I'm going, you know, like if I could do all that in a corporate environment, like why couldn't I use the same energy to build my business? And again, I say it like this because I've thought about it like a billion times. Like I had doubts myself when I first started and people say all these things. And all my life, all my life, I just knew to follow that script. And I was very successful, successfully executing it. So now you want me to do something else? Like I was freaking out. You know, I've spent that like 20 years doing that, you know. (laughs) But I think that's so beautiful. And I think it's so important that people do listen to their gut. They take that time to daydream about what they really want to do and take that chance. Mm -hmm. Because really, if you think about it, say, you know, you were doing this for many years, as you said, you were really establishing it. You were seeing, you were getting your feet wet. You were seeing where it was going. So it's not like you quit your corporate job and was like, let's see what's happening here. No, you smartly, you know, and, and strategically planned. Okay. And, Again, it might have not been intentional, but this is what was happening, right? This is what how mm-hmm. it was kind of laying out. And it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to keep doing. Every day, I'm going to put effort into both of my careers. My, mm-hmm. you know, my my thing that I love to do, side hustle, and you know, what I do every day to wake up. And I think that's what's so important is people will sometimes put too much effort into one and not enough into the other. And instead, which is really, I mean, the balance is hard, right? I mean, that's, that's half of it, (laughs) finding that, that balance to say, okay, how much effort do I put into this versus how much effort I put into this? But if you could wake up every day and put effort into both and, you know, continually kind of, as people will say, like water the garden, put the seeds in, Mm -hmm. water the garden, be there you're going to see where it, where it goes and where you're meant to go. And if you just keep taking that one step every day and putting the efforts in, it, it then becomes like this beautiful garden. Yeah, I think it applies to a lot of things, right? Even people losing weight or like building a habit, like whatever. Like little does add up. And we talk about it in finance too, you know, like it compounds. So yes. like people so often feel like they just have to drop everything and just go all in. But you don't have to do that. Like, right? That's right. not that that's very risky also. So I love I love the idea of side hustle, just so you can try different things at the same time have some sort of safety net just so we can explore different options for yourself. Right. And I, so, and I love to do this now before anyone, you know, has Mm -hmm. to jump and run and I know exactly where to find you, but where is the best place to find you? Where can people really reach out and say, okay, CC, I want some advice on this. I need some mentoring, or I know a family that needs mentoring. What's Mm -hmm. the best place? Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So found me there. So I have like, so my full name is Cecilia, but I go by CC. And then my website is cclung.com. And it's right. And it's L-E-U-N-G for anyone 
that is like me, that's dyslexic and can't spell. <laughs> so, so also now tell us about the book. When did that come about? Yeah. So the book, so I've been mentoring for a very long time and people come to me usually wanted to explore the options in, in accounting, right? And when you, when you think about it, like there's a lot of like stereotype misconception about accounting, but really to me, and let's be honest, right? The first like 10 years of my career, I hated it because I was like, oh my God, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's not, it's yet, yes, it was kind of boring, but just because I couldn't, like, no one really kind of let me see the big picture. So I was doing a lot of work without understanding it. So long story short, you know, accounting is pretty, actually a pretty fascinating career. You know, it's very broad and there's so many ways you can help people. Um, so, you know, usually kids come to me wanting to explore the different options. And, you know, of course, I can only share what I know. And if they wanted to know about forensic accounting or whatever, right, I need to send them to my friends. So I ended up and I ended up owing so many people's favor. And people were like, why don't we just put some notes for this case? Like, just so you can, you know, many people get exposed to it. And then, like, I don't know who said something like, maybe Maybe you should write a book. And that was back in like, what, 2018? And I was like, how do you do that? Like, I have no idea that, you know, usually people who, you know, have the connection to whatever, like get the traditional publisher. So anyways, that was actually also very powerful. Once you start thinking about it and then people ask you and you think about it again. So finally, figure out a way. People was like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so, you know, one thing after another. Then I start writing a book. And even that was such a journey because I was like, oh, you know, like, so the book is actually 20 stories. So I interview people from the field who, you know, uh, made it, made it to the top and had a very successful career. So I, it's kind of like you. So I want them to share their career journey and their mentorship advice. So ultimately that become like a chicken soup for the soul, uh, for accountants. And it's really not just for accountants. I feel like everybody should read it, um, just so they can appreciate what we do. Um, yes. yeah, yeah. So that yeah. So that's how it comes about. Now, perfect. Now tell us where they can find it and all of that great stuff and the title and all of that. Yeah. It's called Dear Accountant Stories, Advice and Exploration and is available on all the goods books sold. So you can find it on Amazon or on my website. Which is wonderful. And I love that you said that because again, stories connect. Stories connect. You could have written a book like a how-to book and it's not going to connect with people as much as telling other people's stories. So I love that you did that. And I love that, you know, what you're doing in your business and how you're helping people in, and I don't want to say non-traditional versus traditional, but again, stories are really what so many people can learn from. Stories go back, mm -hmm. you know, from generations to generations and it is how most people can learn. So the fact that you're like, I just want to shed some light on this. This is, doesn't have to be boring. You can find the good in being an accountant. You can find the good with numbers. If it's not just one of those things that's, you know, your parents told you to do it. So that's why you're going to go in and be an accountant, I think is, is brilliant. So Cece, again, I, I love that we connected. I love that, you know, LinkedIn brings like these spaces to people mm -hmm. that we can connect and then platforms like my, your next stop where we can share and talk to each other a little bit more about mm -hmm. what you're doing. So I, a question that's kind of going to shift, but how is it being so far apart from your family, your parents and your brother? Wow. It's so I left home ever since I went off to college. So to me, I felt like it was, it, it, it almost like I got used to it. That was my lifestyle. And I think, you know, like I, I grew up in a, a bit of a, I wouldn't say turbulence, but you know, my parents, apparently, you know, we're middle-class family, but they, they always fight over money. 
And so for the longest time, I, in my mind, I just felt like, and, and, my, and my mom always told me, it's actually kind of funny, even if you marry rich, you should always be financial independence, you know, uh, in your thinking or, or financially. So I, and, and to this day, I still tell all the young girls the same thing. Uh, and, and so I think I've learned to be very independent uh, all, all the time. And so, you know, when I was younger, I just didn't like that energy. And, you know, and also, you know, I didn't really like uh, growing up in Hong Kong because it was, I, I, like I said, right, I just felt like a lot of our imagination, creativity got suppressed. So right. I felt like, you know, when I moved to Canada or eventually moved to New York, it just kind of opened the whole new world to me. And I love it. I love the energy. I love the fact that I could be whoever I want, do whatever I want. So I, yeah, I, I felt like I really thrive here. So I, I think, you know, that kind of, kind of why I never even think about moving back uh and you know like right now with zoom and everything is very is very easy uh and so i think you know what i actually think my relationship with my parents and family got so much better uh not living together right and i think that's an important thing for for people that you know struggle with how is it going to be without you know it is one of those things that you need to try things you need to see where your path is so tell us about the dear accountant podcast did that start exactly at the same time as the book or is that something that evolves later? Yeah. So it's about the same time. And, you know, like I talk to kids often and so often they feel like a lot of things that eventually they came out was like that they need to do and know wasn't taught in school. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is financial education, you know, that talks about personal finance. And so, you know, like, so I eventually created uh, the podcast. I really wanted to invite people to speak about these very important, uh, what, what I would call essential life skills. You know, we're talking about personal finance, emotional intelligence, how you network with people, how you connect with people. So I think it's been pretty helpful, especially for young kids. I mean, I wish it's something that I wish I had when I was younger, just so I didn't have to make a lot of mistakes, like some of them very expensive mistakes. So yeah, so that's what the podcast is about. You should come on actually. I would love to. Oh my gosh, I would love to. <laughs> well, so, I mean, and uh, you know, podcasting is a passion of mine. I've it kind of evolved. My listeners know it was really, I started it as a passion project and then was like, wait, I have something. I love this. <laughs> so when you think of all the things that you're doing, right, your business, mentoring kids, the book, the podcast, what do you, when you think, like if you just paused your body for a second, what is the thing that stands out the most and if there is one that you feel mm-hmm. is, you know, going to grow because you keep watering it, it's what you want to do every day. It's not, it's like the easy thing to do. Cause we all know that we have the hard things when we have a business, we have to do things that we don't love and things that we love. So is there something in there that you're like, is the first thing when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I can't wait to do this with my business. Wow. So many. Um, and I think one of the things like I, I start well, so, so I'm I'm an accountant by training. So you know, when I first started out, I'm not very like, uh, like a people person. I love talking to people, but we're talking about building a sustainable, like great relationship was never my strong suit. And so, so and it's so funny in in business, like so often we're accountant, like we tell people what to do because we have all the answers. Um, right. so, so it's. it's <laughs> 
So, but it's actually not a good thing. Like, you know, you really need to listen to your customers, listen to people to really get to know them. So I'm still learning every day. And it's so funny. People often, especially in our field uh, as accountants, and people usually say like, uh, well, we're not salespeople. Like, and so sometimes I, I kind of want to encourage uh, CPAs or accountants to uh, kind of explore the entrepreneur path, right? And so often they're like, oh, I'm not a salespeople. And it's like, I'm not like you. Well, yeah, little they didn't know how I was before. But right. so they're like, well, the, the most common pushback is I'm not a salesperson. But then later on, I realized, what are we kidding? We're selling every day, even to our kids, to our families, to everything. Like we are doing it without knowing it. So what do you mean? Right? You know what I mean? So that's kind of something that I continue to develop and do every day. I love that. So all of the places in the world that you have been, what has been the most special place? Wow. Um, I love Switzerland. Mm. It's just beautiful, so peaceful, and it's so crazy. I mean, so I work there, and and you know they have such a good life, uh, you know, work life balance. And I I always wonder, like how, like what what do you guys do? Like how do you make money? You only work so little, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you're being able to enjoy all this nice stuff everywhere. There's no high rise, and so yeah, I love that place. It's just kind of like I felt like it. It's just like very eye opening. It's like that's what life could be. It doesn't always have to be New York City, like hustling all the time, going crazy. Right, right, right. And now some people, like I have to say, I have two two places. So like the city, cities, Rome, you know, San Francisco, uh, New York City. I lived there for many years. New York City is a special place in my heart. Um, and the beach. Like I'm not a country person per se, but if I'm on the water or in a city is when I thrive. Uh, I have to say, I was in Switzerland probably when I was 15 or 16. I was in high school. I don't remember yeah. exact date. And I remember so vividly exactly what you said. It was just such a beautiful country. And I remember the down comforter that was like on the bed that we, it was, it was just a really special place. There's a, like a special feeling. I feel like when you're, when you're there. So I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, Cece, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining your next stop and sharing your story because someone's going to listen to this story and say, you know what? I'm going to start that side hustle. I'm going to start developing what I really want. I love mentoring kids. I love, you know, building a garden. I love X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to take the step because they heard your story. So thank you for mm -hmm. joining your next stop. No, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love what you're doing. And finally, so glad to be able to have this conversation with you. Yes. And keep doing what you're doing. Guys, you know what to do. Like, rate, review, and send this to three of your friends. Every time I've been saying this, because it might be something that you're listening to and saying, oh, I love that story, but it's not something that you need. You're already doing your side hustle. You're already doing things to make you, you know, have financially kind of secure, or you already know about accounting, whatever it is, there's someone that needs to listen, whether it's a neighbor, a friend, a brother, a sister, a cousin, a mother, a father. So send it out. And you guys know where to find me at your next stop on all the podcast players, YNS Live and all my live shows on Fireside. You can also find me at imjuliethan.com and all the socials. So again, thank you so much, Cece. And we will see you guys next week for another episode of Someone That Has Followed a Passion. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 